0: This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. You want the latest info? How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Who's hurt? Who's injured? Is listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Matchup breakdowns. First game today is too close to call. Aww. You need an edge to pound your opposition. Like if I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. I have no backup. Fantasy expert Jeff Miller, Adam Abdallah, and Chris Black. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know, they should tell us. Have it for you. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 12 leagues, right here. Well, that is just pure fantasy football on ESPN 1000.
1: Good morning, welcome on in. Week 12 of the NFL season is underway after the Thanksgiving Day affairs. We have ourselves a full slate as new teams are no longer on bye. I am Jeff Meller, along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. We're here with you every Sunday morning, starting at 8 a.m., helping you set your lineup and hopefully get a win and punch your ticket into the playoffs. Again, if you want to get in, 312-332-3776, or you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. Adam is at Adam A. Abdallah, and Chris is at Chris Black. All right, gentlemen, did you guys uh, finish off all the leftovers yet from Thanksgiving? Oh, I still got a bag of Cajun deep fried turkey in my fridge.
2: Yeah, I still have turkey left and I, I had like a quarter of an apple pie that my mom sent me home with and I just had I drowned my sorrows in that yesterday nah. after the Alabama loss. Nah. Like I ate, I ate the
1: whole thing. There you go. Well that's 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 how you get to get yourself right after a tough loss and a season probably crushing defeats or a university. And tears. Tears. There you yeah, go. exactly. Yeah. And a Notre Dame loss. That All was. right, so uh we will uh and you heard obviously Adam and Chris break down a lot of the college football slate, so hopefully you got your fix there. But but if not, don't worry. I assure you that Golic and Wingo will have plenty for you as the show debuts tomorrow, 5 a.m. Central Time. So make sure you're locked in for the new morning show right here on ESPN 1000. It will carry the day for you, no doubt. All right, let's get it started, gentlemen. Touchdown! Auburn! Sorry, that's... Uh... That was left over, apparently. From you guys, are hysterical.
3: Page. <laughs> War Eagle, uh,
1: how'd you? How
3: When's USC gonna play in the playoff? They've got a Pac-12 championship game Friday night against Stanford. What up?
2: Okay, good luck with that.
1: <laughs> All right, it's for real now.
2: All right, touchdown. <laughs>
0: You know, comedy comes in threes. You should probably Ryan hit it one more time. Freeman oh, okay. trying to find the spot. Touchdown Atlanta. He waited ever so slightly and then just punched it upfield. Took a big <laughs> shot from Ansa as he broke the goal line for Devontae Freeman's fourth rushing score of the year. Touchdown! There it is. Three. Over! Comedy's in threes. There
1: it's. you go. That one's for you, Abdallah. All right, so Devontae Freeman already ruled out with the concussion this week, which means Tevin Coleman will carry the workload for the Falcons. And while last week it was against the Seahawks, not a productive day on a whole because he only had 40 some odd yards, but he did get into the end zone. So he salvaged your day fantasy wise, but he got 20 plus touches. And I imagine that's exactly what you'll see today against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And that defense is far more, let's say, gettable than the Seahawks, even with the Seahawks banged up defense. The Bucks. Tevin Coleman, should have a field day today. And
3: Jeff, that's back-to-back weeks where he's had 20 touches. Uh, so things looking good as Tevin Coleman as a number one running back on your fantasy team. 20 touches against Dallas, 20 against Seattle, like Jeff said. He's had a touchdown in both of those
2: games as well. So that adds to the value for Tevin Coleman. He's ranked 12th overall in both PPR and non-PPR according to the ESPN rankings. And without uh
1: Freemia, he should be, should be decent the yardage while it's left you wanting a bit there is no doubt you need to lock him into your lineup i don't care you know he at very worst is an rb2 in this situation uh definite flex play if you've got that option but in most like look we're chasing the carries in the touches in fantasy football for the most part because that's going to give you the probability of scoring in more more than any other likelihood so 20-plus touches for an offense that moves the ball and against a Bucs defense that can be had. Again, Tevin Coleman, lock him into your lineup today with Devontae Freeman out.
3: Mm -hmm. Offers under center, no huddle. Again, turns left shoulder. This time, play action from his own end zone. He winds up and deals
0: down the middle. At the 50, it's called in Robert Woods. He's behind everybody. 10-5, touchdown Robert Woods.
1: All right, so Robert Woods left last week's game with a shoulder injury. He will be out at least a few weeks and that's unfortunate because i will tell you the new orleans saints with defense which has been very good is going to be down a couple of cornerbacks both their starting cornerbacks marshawn Lattimore and ken crowley will be out and against a los angeles rams offense that is very potent i think the opportunities will be there for them to feast and what i think is actually the marquee game of the day the saints at the rams 325 today that game is what i'm most interested in today and the fantasy opportunities are going to be there for golf for Gurley. obviously now i will say what this leads me to my breakdown if you're considering sammy watkins at all because you're maybe hurting for some injuries I think Sammy Watkins might be a decent play today because of the Saints' issues in the secondary.
3: Since Week 9, Robert Woods leads the NFL in reception yards with 322. He leads the NFL in reception touchdowns with four since Week 9. And based on Jared Goff targeting him, he is by far the most targeted wide receiver in that Rams offense. So a major hit to the Rams offense, a major hit to your fantasy team. If you're someone who picked up robert woods halfway through the season because i don't think a lot of people expected him to be so successful especially in this offense
2: early on i'm interested to see how this game plays out offensively because yeah you have two of the top 10 offenses going against each other but you also have two of the top 10 defenses going against each other so i'm wondering obviously in fantasy here we're talking about a lot of offense because we deal with all offensive players but so i'm interested to see how this game plays out from a fantasy perspective, because you have two of the best defenses going against each other, and which should be a great game. So yeah, the opportunities may be there, but if we end up having a defensive stronghold here, it may be, we may be due for a letdown.
1: No, that's true, but the reality, and it's a good point, I don't think you can get away from starting any of your key players No, 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 and the I'm Saints not saying Rams, that, yeah.
2: but I'm just interested in how this plays out. Yeah, you say the Rams and the Saints, we both yeah. look at these high-flying offenses, and we're like, this is going to be a great game, but Realistically, these both these teams play
1: great defense as well. So yeah, they're no, they're, they're very well rounded teams, and so no matter what happens, that's the reason they're both, you know, atop the conference here, along with the Eagles and Vikings. They're very good on a whole. The one difference here: the Saints ranked twenty
2: second overall in DVOA in special teams DVOA. The Rams
1: second. So there you go. That could be an opportunity for the Rams. Like I said, though, with the secondary banged up in the Saints going to a Los Angeles, I look. The Saints have played very well all season long, so I'm not going to dismiss them. I do expect the Rams, though, to come out and win this game handily because I think the secondary is going to be problematic for the Saints, and because of that, don't shy away from Sammy Watkins um, and Cooper Cup as well. He's had, you know, he's been somewhat productive as a fantasy wide receiver this year, but he's had some key drops both in the end zone and near the goal line that would, had he held on amounted to a just, just a monster fantasy season for a rookie wide receiver. And so I do think that the opportunities for Cooper Cup could be there as well without Robert Woods in the lineup again for at least a few weeks here until he returns from a separated shoulder.
0: Back is Ben with plenty of time. Now they close on him, and this pass is caught! a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster, his third of his rookie season, and it covers 31 yards. Ben to Juju.
1: All right, so Juju Smith-Schuster out with a hamstring hamstring injury, and that is a pretty big blow for a lot of people who were able to snag Smith-Schuster off the waiver wire, the youngest player in the NFL, has obviously been a boon if you were able to grab him off the waiver wire. He will not be In the lineup today, which means should you consider starting Martavis Bryant? I think it's a possibility if you're hurting and looking for an option. I think Martavis Bryant may see. Well, look, I I don't think there's any doubt he will see an increased number of routes he runs with Schuster out. So if Martavis Bryant is someone you were even considering because you were hard up for a flex possibility, I think he is worthwhile today. Uh, in the nightcap on NBC, Packers at the Steelers. Yeah, there you go. Primetime
3: game for the Steelers at home against a defense that is not very good in the Green Bay Packers. Ben Roethlisberger has thrown at least four touchdown passes in, in four of his last five primetime games at home. So Roethlisberger at home in primetime shows out and against a Packers defense that's not very good. I would expect the Steelers to score a lot of points. Therefore, going along with the thought that Bryant should probably be in your fantasy lineup if you need him for a
2: flex spot. Martavis Bryant, 42nd overall in the ESPN PPR rankings right
1: now. Yeah, and again, he's more of a deeper kind of... uh... If you're just uh, maybe a little bit more of a dart throw, but if you're looking for somebody who may stand to see an increased number because of Smith-Schuster's absence today, I think Bryant is possibly the beneficiary. And as you mentioned, primetime, Chris. Obviously, last time we saw him, last Thursday night at home, the Steelers really put it on the Titans. Ben and Antonio Brown went off. So, again, if you're uh, interested in a possible flyer, I think Martavis Bryant could be that guy today.
0: Newton brings him up. Sets them down with a three-by-one set. Three receivers spaced out to the left. The third down play. It's a throw. Newton in zone. Middle of the end zone. Caught a wide open Greg Olson. It's Carolina leading 6-0. nothing.
1: All right. So Greg Olson will return today after suffering a broken foot off of injured reserve. The Panthers have the Jets today. And I would say, first off, I guess the advice is if Greg Olson is still available on your waiver wire, go scoop him up right now. Uh, Even if you are set at tight end, I'll tell you what, unless you have the most shallow bench in fantasy, I think he's worth carrying because he's a difference maker at the tight end position and is somebody who, at the very least, will give you tight end depth because that's a tough position injuries can mount. And uh, even if you have a stud like a Kelsey or a rob gronkowski you know injuries set in having greg olson on your bench would be a great option and i do think too that greg olson in ppr formats is a startable player at the flex spot so go ahead scoop him up if he is available on your waiver wire and if you're on the fence whether or not you should greg should start greg olson i would say i would not be on the fence i think he's probably worth starting today there's not too many guys I would start over. I'm, I'm like, Kelsey Gronk, Jimmy Graham are probably the only three tight ends I would start over Greg Olson today. I'd get him right back into your lineup. And Jeff, the stats back up your point here, because Greg Olson in the previous three seasons
3: before he got hurt this year, led all tight ends in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and first downs. Cam Newton figures to benefit from Olson's potential return because he has 398 career completions to Olson. That's 184 more. More than any other target, that being Steve Smith with 214. So Cam Newton uses Greg Olson as a security blanket
2: and his number one target when he's on the field. And he's sixth overall right now in the uh, ESPN rankings. They face the Jets. Scoring opportunities should be plenty against the Jets. They're 20th in uh, defensive DVOA right now. So I think that Cam and the
1: Panthers, including Greg Olson, should be able to get a few touchdowns against the Jets. And the red zone opportunities, well, you would think will be there because Calvin Benjamin now no longer on the team. This will be the first time that Greg Olson plays without Benjamin on the field in quite some time. So, you know, obviously he will be a red zone target for Cam as well. If anything, I would say, and I'm not taking him out of my lineup, but I would say Devin Funchess, who's been very good the last few weeks without Benjamin in the lineup. Funches might see a bit of uh, a little bit a, bit, a little bit of loss of targets with Olsen back into the lineup. All right, folks, this is Fantasy Football Frenzy. Again, we're with you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m helping you fix your lineup questions. Again, I'm Jeff Meller along with Adam Abdella and Chris Bleck. We will uh, take your calls here. Let's try... Oh, I did it. You did it. You guys warned, warned you. me. We have you a broken microphone
2: me. in the studio. Uh, we was... warned Meller not to touch there it. There you go. Use the leverage. And now he's dealing <laughs> you with you the broken. It. We will yeah. fill... Chris, you and I will fill. Yeah, so while so here we he go. You All right. Mi- fix the microphone.
1: Oh, nope, that's not going to work. All right. Nope,
2: that's not going to work. Good. We're going to switch good. mics. We're going to go one Meller, two mics. This is a good play. Right by now, both, he's now. switching mics. He went to the, the other the microphone. Back of Mike. Mike you can put two, this on your tape. Mike two in your playbook, but Mike one in Meller's it, heart right now.
1: If you're scoring at home, yes, I have moved to mic two, so hopefully this will work. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope this microphone has a better debut than Nathan Peterman.
0: Hang
1: on. Oh. No, that just hey, Oh <laughs> no!
0: Mike oh, one geez. is down
1: Mike for one the count. I oh. do not we need the believe. Cart. Wow. I do not believe that.
3: Good God Almighty!
1: You know, you know they always list. Uh, they always list them as questionable to return, out. even when you know they're out. Yeah. No, this microphone, out. folks is that, out, that I Not guarantee. even a decoy. That mic is in concussion protocol, wow. right? Uh, now. All right. Snapped in half. Let's go to the calls. 312-332-3776. Let's try Nick <laughs> in Louisville. What's up, Nick?
0: Good morning. I'm obviously doing better than Mike 1. <laughs> you clearly are, Nick. <laughs> hey, question for you. Standard scoring league, uh, one running back out of the three, uh, Jamal Williams, uh, Derrick Henry, or Tariq Cohen?
1: All right, so let's cross Derrick Henry off the list. I don't feel like you can trust him. There's no reliability there in Tennessee. Certainly they had a good performance last time they played against the Colts. And Derrick Henry had a monster run that, you know, wrapped up the game. But I don't think you can count on that. So I will say... Jamal Williams, I know it's a tough matchup in Pittsburgh, and you might be a bit skittish because if Pittsburgh goes up, you may be concerned. I just think, again, like I mentioned at the outset with Tevin Coleman, more than anything else, I-, I will tend to skew towards the touches and the workload, and I think Jamal Williams is guaranteed that amongst the other two, Henry Cohen. We never quite know how the Bears going to use Tariq Cohen, so. For me, it's Jamal Williams. Well, a couple weeks ago, we saw the uh,
2: lack of use of Tariq Cohen, and everybody was was searching for Tariq Cohen. The Bears kind of found him the last two weeks and were able to put him into the game plan. And I think that the way this game plays out, if the Bears are to have a chance in this game, it's going to be with ball control and running the ball effectively and keeping the ball out of the Eagles' hands. And that, to me results in more touches for Tariq Cohen. I still agree with you that Jamal Williams is the way to go, but I can see a case for Tariq Cohen because they will need to use him in order to have a chance against the Eagles.
3: And listen, we have talked about Derrick Henry now for five straight weeks. After that game against Indianapolis on Monday Night Football, where he had 19 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. He looked like he was about to become the focal point for that Tennessee rushing attack since then he's had 13 carries eight carries 11 carries seven carries so basically a major disappointment based on the one week of production and like jeff said derrick henry is not someone you can trust because it's just up in the air in that backfield for the tennessee offense
1: he's chris black along with adam Abdallah. i am jeff meller again fantasy football frenzy give us a call 312-332-3776 but uh keep trying because the lines are full right now we'll try and get through as many as possible and uh answer your questions let's try nathan in laporte good morning nathan
0: uh good morning i need two out of the three wide receivers ppr i have marquise lee uh, Robbie Anderson and then I just picked
1: up Watkins. I love it Nathan and that is as we were mentioning earlier I like Watkins matchup against the Saints I know he hasn't been very productive this year but with Robert Woods out and with both of the Saints starting cornerbacks Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crowley down today I like Sammy Watkins especially amongst your options you guys agree or Marquise yeah, Lee agree. Robbie Anderson Take fancy. I, I, would, at all. I would
3: put Marquise Lee third on that list then I would go Watkins Robbie Anderson and even if you go to ESPN.com the wide receiver rankings have Anderson ranked 26 Watkins ranked 27 and Marquise Lee ranked 29 so they're all a bunch they're, there. they're all right there in that conversation it's kind of at that point where do you see the game shaking out I don't see the Jets really scoring a lot of points on Carolina I do see points in the Rams New Orleans game And I do see the fact that Jacksonville, if they're going to win that game, they're going to have to score a few touchdowns against the Cardinals. Um, I would play the Sammy Watkins in that situation.
1: Agree. Let's try Brett in Wheaton. What's up, Brett?
0: Hey, I'm wondering if I should start uh, Clement or McCaffrey. Clement's been hot. And then also a question about Hogan. Is there any chance that guy recovers from his injury?
1: So I'll be honest, yes, there is a chance that Chris Hogan does return for your fantasy season. So he's definitely worth keeping on your roster, on your bench, if you can afford it. If you are, though, hard up for a, a roster spot, I couldn't completely understand if you want to move on from Chris Hogan. That's understandable. Just depends on what your other roster options are. In terms of Clement versus McCaffrey, this one's pretty easy. Christian McCaffrey, while he's been somewhat disappointing in fantasy this season, he had a couple touchdowns the last time the Panthers played prior to the bye week. He is a focal point in their passing offense. And you're right, uh, Brett. uh, Corey Clement has five touchdowns in his last four games. However, need I list the options for the Eagles at running back? They obviously traded for Jay Ajayi, and while he hasn't gotten the touches that a lot of people probably expected when they traded for him, he has had a couple of big runs most in, in at least two games, possibly three games that he was out there that really buoyed his stats, gave him nice games. So he's there, and probably the guy you're most concerned about if you're a Corey Clement owner. You've also got LeGarrette Blunt, who lurks near the goal line. Then you've even got Kenyon Barner as an option because Wendell Smallwood has been the inactive running back quite a bit for the Eagles over the last few games. I would say that Corey Clement, for me, despite the fact that he scored five touchdowns in four games, is not somebody I'm looking to start. I just don't think the workload for him is consistent enough for you to be a successful fantasy football team.
2: And how about this to tickle your McCaffrey fancy? Ooh, according yeah, to uh, it. according to the Ian Raffaport report, <laughs> This could be fun. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey took increased snaps this week as
1: a slot wide receiver. And he could make up for lack of wide receiver depth. Ooh, well, look, when they drafted him, we knew that he was a well-rounded running back. That was the one thing that everybody could take away. Now, even though at times I feel like he can go down on first contact fairly easily, he is a dynamic player in the passing game. And so that is interesting. I think it could boon It could be a boon for you in uh, PPR format.
3: So the Eagles have the dreaded running back by committee going on. And not only that, is their offense is so high powered that they've thrown for 25 touchdowns. They've only run for nine. So if you're looking at that and you're looking at your running back and you say, Corey Clement, here's the thing. Like you guys laid out, it's either he has to score touchdowns for him to be effective on your fantasy team or it's going to be a major bust in play for this week because he doesn't get the touches. Yeah. So the yardage isn't going to be there. You ha- you're banking on touchdowns. Yet the offense itself, even though it scores a lot of points, doesn't necessarily score a lot of rushing touchdowns compared to throwing it with Carson Wentz. So it's a tricky play there with Corey Clement.
1: That is Chris Black at Chris Black on Twitter, along with Adam Abdallah. He's at Adam A. Abdallah. I'm Jeff Meller at Jeff underscore Meller. Hit us up on Twitter. We will answer your questions that way as well. As the show concludes, we'll have the two minute warning. But don't worry, we've still got plenty of time to get your calls in. Richard, Mike, Dave, Kenny, George, Jimmy, and a couple of lines open for you. 312-332-3776. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on ESPN 1000.
0: You're listening to Fantasy Football Frenzy on ESPN 1000. Playoffs? Have a lineup question? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Or do you just simply need an expert push because you're too indecisive yourself? Playoffs? Call the experts at 312-332-ESPN. Get your lineup quandary solved. I just hope we can win a game. On ESPN 1000.
1: Yes, it is that time of year again. Week 12 of the NFL slate. Week 12 of your fantasy football season, which means you've probably only got one, two, maybe three games left before those playoffs start. So you need that win. Give us a call. 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Adam Adala and Chris Black. We are here to help you solve your quandary. All right, here we go. Let's try and help out my man, Jimmy, in Hickory Hills. What's up, Jimmy? Good morning. You're on Fantasy Football Frenzy.
0: Morning, guys. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Standard league. I need two of these four. Uh, I need uh, either Joe Mixon, J.D. McKissick, Emmanuel Sanders, or Larry Fitzgerald, who usually is a lock, but Certainly. Jacksonville frightens me as a defense. So that's my question.
1: That is a good one, and I'm going to say go ahead and lock in Joe Mixon because, you know, Cleveland Browns, there should be some points there for the Bengals. Even though the Browns defense has been playing better of late, I still like that matchup for Mixon. And again, the workload, you know, unless, you know, we're talking about players who have very similar workloads, I'm will. i not going to lie, I will almost always nudge you in the guy who will have the ball in his hands a likely 20 times per game in most cases and that for Joe Mixon is pretty much a lock. J.D. McKissick, I like what I hear and see from Seattle right now. Looks like Mike Davis is unlikely to play today. He's obviously the running back who took a little bit of a step forward on Monday night before he left the game because of injury. Without Davis, I do not like Thomas Rawls at all. So I do like J.D. McKissick's Opportunities going forward, but he's not big enough to really handle a huge workload for the Seahawks. And I want to see that first. I understand Jimmy a little bit of reluctance against the Jags defense, but come on, man, it's the Blaine Gabbert revenge game. <laughs> that's got to that's oh, got to no. have you salivating. No, Please but no. in reality, they will feed Fitzgerald, and I think the opportunities will be here. Emmanuel Sanders, he's going to go with the ankle injury today, but I, I just Paxton Lynch and his his. He, he has not at all impressed me from the little I've seen. So I want to see it first from him before I go ahead and put Sanders in. So almost by default, I think Mixon and Fitzgerald are better plays for you. Any uh, Anything to add to that, guys? Well,
3: you know, Joe Mixon uh, had a career-high touches in 22 last week in Week 11 against Denver. Uh, they face the Cleveland Browns today, as in the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Browns 0-10. Uh, Joe Mixon, to this point in the season... Um, Right where you thought he would be, or has he underwhelmed in fancy value? Because I think a lot of people on draft day in your fancy league kind of saw Joe Mixon as a sneaky little pick that you could take earlier than other people in the draft because you thought that he would have the receptions, you thought he'd have the carries, and I think you thought that this offense, the Bengals, would score more points and he would be the beneficiary
1: yeah. of that. Is he? No, I, I no. It's a good question. Look, I think Mixon has been a disappointment for sure and depending on when you had your draft in particular if you were drafting in like mid to late august there was a high likelihood that joe mixon was anywhere from a second to third round pick and so you've been very disappointed if you invested that in him however it's it's not i don't think it's it's on joe mixon i do think this offensive line for the bengals has been absolutely atrocious not giving him a whole lot of running lanes to work with And while it hasn't been what you expected, he hasn't been a disaster. What I've seen from him, I've seen enough splash plays where I've been excited about the possibilities. And I think going forward, if the Bengals can fix their offensive line problems next offseason, he could still be a very good player for you in fantasy next year. And again, sheer volume, running backs who get 20-plus touches a game are hard to come by. You'd be hard-pressed to find more than 10 that you could say, I feel pretty good that he's going to get 20 touches today. And Joe Mixon is one of those guys. So just by the volume alone and the big playability, he can break a big one for you. The talent is there. I feel like you almost have to put him into your lineup week in and week out. I'll say for Larry Fitzgerald when he's faced, I'll say good
2: defenses. At Philly, six receptions, 51 yards. At the Rams, Three receptions, 29 yards. But against Seattle two weeks ago at home, 10 receptions for 113 yards. No touchdowns in that in those uh, in those
1: games. So, and I'll add too, the Jags defense it may may be banged up with Jalen Ramsey dealing with a hand injury that he suffered in practice. Now, as of a day ago, it sounded like Ramsey was not going to be able to play. However, as of four hours ago, go from nfl.com there is word that Ramsey is likely to play for the Jags so something to keep an eye on when the inactives roll in around 11 o'clock today if Jalen Ramsey is out I would say go ahead and feel free to lock in Larry Fitzgerald into your lineup because he should be good for six to seven catches if Ramsey is not able to go obviously if Ramsey plays it's a little bit more daunting a matchup but I'd still say fits with the uh the volume he gets, too, is a guy who's probably what's starting for most teams out there, unless you've got some really good alternative options for you. Let's try Kenny in Schaumburg. What's up, Kenny? PPR question?
3: Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm an avid weekly listener, first-time caller.
0: Um, All right. Got,
1: well, don't make it your got, last, Kenny.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, but I, um, I was actually listening to you guys talk about Joe Mixon, and I literally just swapped him out for Deion Lewis, and now you're making me rethink Mm. that. But that's not my question. My question (laughs) is, I got a flex position open, and I got three
3: players that I want to put in there, but I can't. I can only put one, obviously. Um, Tyler
0: Croft, Corey Davis, and uh, Kenny Stills.
1: All right. All right. So, Croft, for me, immediately, I'm going to take him out of the mix. I know he's a bit of a red zone threat, but I don't, like, even against the Browns. I I don't love Tyler Croft when you have guys like Corey Davis and Kenny stills. Now stills with Matt Moore under center has been really interesting. And while I like Corey Davis upside for the future, I'm going to say, go ahead and start Kenny stills. I'll let you guys weigh in. And then, you know what? I'm going to give uh, some bonus info for Kenny because he, Brought up Nixon and Lewis and I want to discuss something like that. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, Corey Davis is a pretty interesting play because Marcus Mariota is definitely looking his way and he's getting the workload that would be consistent with a wide receiver number one. The problem is his catch rate is not good. Nope. It's at forty three percent. So even though he's getting the targets, he's not actually making the reception, he's not completing them, thus nope. giving you maximum points in your fantasy team. I mean, he's getting 10 targets two weeks ago, seven targets, but he's only catching three, four, two balls. You know, like, yeah, he seems like he would be a player that would be, um, a good play as a sleeper because yep. if he actually comes through and catches some of the passes, he's going to put up some good numbers
2: for you. The problem is he has the case of the drops. And we all know the rules here. One question, everybody knows the rules, but Kenny did a good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, slyly. Yeah. Uh, slyly. cuz in there. Even if, I know you're going to talk about the question he, was, he, he brought up, yep. but he could go back to the podcast before the game started and listen to your mmm and kind of dissect the mmm hey. and see if that was a, a pro-mixin mmm or yeah. Pro Deon Lewis. Mm. So that's going to be up to Kenny, but I know you're going to talk mm. about it now anyway.
1: Yeah, we'll give a little uh we'll give Kenny a little love because I do want it. Like that's a perfect opportunity though. Joe Mixon touches, you guaranteed workload versus Deon Lewis in a Patriots offense where it looks like he's emerging. He certainly has over the last 5 to 6 weeks as their lead running back, but they don't use their running backs they're in particular their lead running backs like every other team in the nfl Dion lewis might might get 14 to 15 attempts rushing and he may even though he's a very good wide receiver out of the backfield he they ha- that's not exactly the way they've been using him this year because they have rex burkhead because they've got james white lewis has really been used as the the lead dog in the backfield as a runner but not as a pass catcher like he was in previous seasons. And so because of that, I know he's also gotten in to the end zone via the kick return, which, depending on your scoring format, doesn't help you in fantasy. You have to check that because, like I said, some leagues allow for the the kickoff touchdown return as six points. Others don't, don't give you the points. So make sure you are aware of that. But, again, that's something that's kind of ancillary. You can't count on that. I will say... Though Kenny, I would start Joe Mixon against the Browns this week, with uh, the the workload that I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm sure of versus Deion Lewis, who while in the perfect scenario he gets you 15 to 16 rushing attempts, could very like could he very easily be like eight to nine as well, with it spread amongst Burkhead, uh, uh, White, and even if Gillisley is active, Gillisley getting in there as well. So the Patriots are a backfield that. I, I'm just, if I can avoid him, I do at all costs. Now, you you may not always be able to avoid him, but when you've got a guy like Mixon, again, I'll harp on it. Fantasy football, more than any other, it's about opportunity. And if you've got the guy who's getting a lot of touches, a lot of carries, that, to me, is a lot of times worth the risk over somebody who may not get nearly as many touches. Let's try mm, Phil. Phil in Wicker Park. He's got a PPR question. What's up, Phil?
0: Good morning, gentlemen. Hope everyone's having a great Sunday so far. Uh, yeah, so... I, uh, I feel like I've got
3: a wealth of riches, but it's a, a hard question on the left. Um, PPR, I need to choose two to three of these guys because I can slide one in at the flex. All right. Um, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Jarvis Landry, and Larry Ooh. I get to choose two to three, so if you guys could uh, sure. just rank them, that would be the most beneficial. My, my other flex is Jordan Howard and I'm a huge Bears
1: fan but all right, so none uh, of as you
3: said it's all about opportunity
1: perfect alright so normally for most people I'm going to say go ahead and put Jordan Howard in your lineup but the PPR scoring format definitely changes it a bit there because we've all seen him drop way too many passes mm-hmm. to, oh, yeah. to, to uh, feel like he's going to give you anything in the PPR scoring so because oh, of right. that that's where receivers become a lot more valuable I would say for me AJ Green is number one lock him in Against the Browns, that's a tasty matchup. So that's very easy. Put him in number one. Then it comes down to Hopkins, Landry, Fitzgerald. I'm going to say that DeAndre Hopkins has just been too good this year to leave him out of your lineup. I I understand the Ravens. It's going to be a difficult matchup, especially with Tom Savage under center for them. But Tom Savage actually has done a nice job of force-feeding the ball to Hopkins. And he, again, in the PPR format, has been a a solid player for you, if not a very great player. Three touchdowns in great. his last four games, four uh, receptions for 76 yards in his last game. So, so it goes uh, A.J. Green, one, DeAndre Hopkins, two. And now I'm going to say I would put Jarvis Landry, three, above Jordan Howard. The While I prefer, I mean, I can see already people rolling their eyes. While I prefer Cutler to Matt Moore... I do think that Matt Moore will threaten the field down, and if you look, uh, you look at Landry's numbers. His yards per catch have actually been a bit higher with Matt Moore under center. I think that bodes well for Landry today. I would say I'd go ahead and put Jarvis Landry in over Fitzgerald because of the difficult matchup against the Jags today. That's the only reason I've got Landry higher than Fitz.
3: The only difference I would go with with in the flex position, I would go with Jordan Howard. Okay. Um, But I agree with the A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins, it doesn't matter whose quarterback is. He's one of those rare wide receivers that knows how to get himself open enough to allow whoever... Whichever clown show is back there playing quarterback for the Texans to get him the ball in his area, in his catch radius to complete the pass. So I think those two are locks. Then I would go running back just because I don't always trust the wide receiver position, the flex, especially with a running back that I know that will get the carries. And that Dolphins offense is not very good. It's one of the worst offenses in the league. So. I think the Patriots will win big today, and I would take the running back over Landry or Fitzgerald.
2: And I agree with you as far as the Jordan Howard thing is, because if I were doing like one of those segments with the with the tackle sound effects and the sure. keys to the game yeah, and whatnot, yeah, produced yeah, like you were prepared, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. One of those would be ball control. Like I said with Tariq Cohn earlier in the show, I'm say, yeah, there you go. so so you can use that as my sound effect. So my first key to the game ball control, you're going to have to take the ball out of the Eagles' hands. You want to uh, dominate the time of possession and that involves Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, especially Jordan Howard. Yeah, the PPR might sway you the other way but as far as uh, carries, I think Jordan Howard gets a a bunch of carries today. I don't know if he'll be able to, he'll be productive or not but they're going to want to control the ball so I can see the attempts there for Jordan Howard. Whether he's going to be successful against a top five defense in football right now, I don't know. But they're definitely going to give him the opportunity.
1: No, I look, you're right. You can lay out the case that in order for the Bears to stay in this game, the only way they're going to be able to do it is to feed Jordan Howard the rock. Yeah, 25 to 30 carries seems likely if they're in this game. The question is, can they keep it close enough long enough to keep feeding him the ball? That I'm unsure of. I think a lot of people would probably lean towards the Eagles putting it out of hand pretty quickly. But you're right. I can understand that, that point of view. I will say, though, with 67 catches on the year for Jarvis Landry, I understand the eight and a half yards per catch is not what you want. But in the PPR format, it's so in the fantasy world, Jarvis Landry is such a different player in that format versus any other fantasy scoring format. He is a top 20 player in PPR because he's a lock for 100 catches. In non-PPR scoring and standard scoring, he's not even a top 20 wide receiver. Right. So the one fortunate thing for him is he's actually gotten into the end zone, I think, more than most people expected this year with six touchdowns. So that also that's not something you can count on, but it's a little bit of a bump in his scoring. And in PPR, I think Jarvis Landry is a must-start most weeks. If it's not PPR, though, I would feel free. I'd say feel free benching him. Go ahead. Jeff, you know, uh,
3: Abdallah is the Alabama fan. And uh, the one thing I do want to ask before we move on to more fantasy questions is this. uh, They roll Tumor's Corner after Auburn wins a big game. Is that where you get this roll tie thing from? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Is that where you took it from? The fact that Auburn, when they roll Tumor's Corner, that's. That's where you get your roll tide. I from. see what you're doing here, and I don't
2: appreciate it. <laughs> I will say though, <laughs> when, when are we breaking down um, the resurgence that UCLA will have over the next two oh, to three years? This is true. Now that Chip oh, Kelly yeah. is well, in your Chip conference, we trust. Yeah. shots
1: fired. Man. I agree. Look, it's going to be tough. I would say it's better to be rolling tide, yes, than stuck in the bushes. <laughs> Brent, right did you see that of course that, that was, was outstanding, outstanding. That, that was, was awesome. the highlight that was the highlight of the game what
2: happened to that girl why was she so stuck we in loved, the bush we, she literally Here's... became the
1: homer simpson gif <laughs> she, <laughs> she yes yeah, yes absolutely the question <laughs> is was she drunk oh yeah oh that, come yeah, on i, I yeah. asked the question because look what, how long a game was it? Four hours? That's yeah. true. It wears off. So, no, no. And certainly, I understand. Yeah. There, if Flask is certainly a possibility, but I don't think you can assume flask.
3: I will tell you this. Jeff, you know what I mean? We, when we were in Tuscaloosa yeah. three weeks ago, we saw people with just pockets full of Bud Lights, Just cans so, of beer so in their right. pocket. You, you, no you don't even need downs, the flask.
1: Nothing. Yeah, you just walk in, so... Just fill your pockets. <laughs> line your pockets with some plastic bags and fill that bag with whatever spirit you'd like. Yeah. Sir, the, what's that in your pocket? Nothing. I'm just very happy to see it. Just alcohol. Oh, go, oh, ahead. Oh, go, okay. go, go right ahead. Go right sir. ahead, sir. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, all right. So. <laughs> Stuck
2: in the bush. This is. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's. It was awesome.
1: It just depends on how you how you she look at it. She was
2: drowning in it. Did you see? She it's was true. like, "Oh, I've seen I've seen girls at college games take out the sunscreen and squirt <laughs> yes. it into yeah, like their that. Diet Coke because yeah. it's actually it's vodka. vodka. Nice, yeah. beautiful.
1: Uh, they're they're usually related to me in some fashion. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good times, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what we do. For some people, being stuck in the bushes on a Saturday night is a bad thing. For others. It's oh, right. the desired effect. Coming up next, we will answer the rest of your calls out there, and we will do the two-minute warning via your Twitter questions. Fantasy football frenzy right here on ESPN.
0: Touchdown! Over! One thousand. Well time. This is fantasy football frenzy with Jeff Miller. Keep starting the Packers defense. Solely because it's fun to say, ha-ha, Clinton Dix. <laughs> Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. And <laughs> did it again. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. That's 312-332-3776. How about Danny Woodhead? Hey! Fantasy Football Frenzy on ESPN 1000. There's a lady here, man. Be cool. And ESPNChicago.com.
1: Welcome back. Fantasy Football Frenzy with you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. Jeff Meller alongside Adam Abdallah and Chris Bleck. We help you set your fantasy football lineup every Sunday morning. And, of course, we are followed, as always, by Chicago's NFL Game Day, hosted by Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael. Mongo brought the donuts. Thank you, Mongo. And Mongo's got plenty of co-ed stories of his own to <laughs> share with you about the uh, the college football Saturday. Hook em horns. Always. Always. Alright, here we go. We uh, we bounced back with the uh, Danny Woodhead rejoin there, and a uh, lot of people curious what to do with him. I would say he's a flex option. He had five catches for 21 yards last week. It's a flex option in PPR formats for me only. Do not start Danny Woodhead just yet in uh, standard leagues because Alex Collins, uh, Javarius Allen, aka Buck, are also in the backfield for the Ravens, so they're getting plenty of usage. I think Danny Woodhead in PPR formats is probably worth a flex play, but um, not necessarily worth starting in standard leagues. All right, to the phones where we have lots of Danny Woodhead questions. Let's try Lou in Lincoln Square. What's up, Lou?
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Love the show. Thanks. Uh, I got a PPR
0: flex uh, opening I need to fill. Uh, and I, I have Jimmy Graham in tight end, so I have uh, Olsen. Uh, Woodhead or Powell to fill that flex.
1: All right. Uh, let's cross below Powell off the list. Uh, not quite sure whether or not Matt Forte will go today, but if he does, that whole Jets against the Panthers, that that's a bad matchup, especially when you've got two good options like Olsen and Woodhead. And normally, like I said, I do like Woodhead in the PPR format, but man, Greg Olsen, I think, is going to eat. I think Cam Newton will get him plenty of opportunities. And Greg Olsen, for me, even with, uh, you know, even if uh, you, you've you got a great tight end option like Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson is worth a play in the flex option in PPR format. So I'm going to say go ahead and put Greg Olson in.
3: I think that's a pretty easy one, and we covered it earlier in the show. Uh, Cam Newton looks for Greg Olson. Uh, in the last three seasons, Greg Olson has led tight ends in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and first downs by tight ends in fantasy. So he's the play there, and I think it's a pretty easy one.
1: Let's try Matt Nelgonquin. What's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Sunday. You too, bud. Um,
3: all right, so I got. I uh, need two: uh, Danny Woodhead, Corey Davis, J.D. McKissick, or Devontae Booker.
1: All right, so and you. It's a PPR format, right? Yeah, PPR one point. All right, so again, I like what I've seen in terms of the Titans feeding Corey Davis, but right now I'm a reluctant to go ahead and start him. I need to see him actually convert some of those targets he's getting. And so right now I'd say keep him out. And then you said Woodhead, Booker, and who was the third option, Matt? Uh, J.D. McKissick. McKissick, okay. So I'm going to say go ahead and put Woodhead and Booker in. I like McKissick as well, but I want to see exactly what his role is with Mike Davis out. They, they're they throwing the ball quite a bit, but you have Devont, uh, Booker who is going to be, The starter for the Broncos this week and Woodhead, again, in the PPR format, is somebody you can probably expect six to seven catches from. So pretty easy call for me. Agree? All right. right, There we go. Let's try. We'll get one more call in and then uh, we'll do the two-minute warning. Let's try Brian in Morse. What's up, Brian? Morning, guys. What up?
3: Hey, I have uh, I need two of these. I heard your woodhead uh comment for the standard, so I'll take him out. So I need okay. two of these three in a standard league. I need uh, either Algalore against the Bears, uh Kenyon Drake, or T. Y. Hilton.
1: All right, for me that's pretty easy with uh, Jacoby Brissett likely back. That's good for Hilton. I'll put Hilton in and Aguilar, the Eagles offense. If you can get a piece of that, go right for it because that is that's that's the highest that's a high flying offense that you want to be involved in if you get the chance.
0: We're coming up in the two-minute warning. This is the two-minute warning. And that'll take us to the two-minute warning.
3: All right, Jeff, here we go. Click fire for your uh, fantasy lineups. Ali tweets us every single week, and he listens every week, so he's the man he wants to say uh, he has Dontrell Inman. Mm-hmm. Should he pick up Martavius Bryant in stardom? It's for a PPR league. He had injuries to Juju uh, Smith-Schuster and Will Fuller. So that's what he's looking at for wide receiver.
1: Um, I, yeah, you know what? I think I would go ahead and gamble on the upside of Bryant. He's not really going to help you in PPR formats necessarily. But with the limited offense the Bears are running, the limited passing game they're giving you, I would say I would rather start Bryant and the possibility of a long touchdown over Inman.
2: Dave in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, needs two a PPR. Carlos Hyde, Howard, McKissick, or Burkhead?
1: All right, Hyde, lock him into the lineup every week. And even though it's a PPR, we talked about why the Bears should feed Jordan Howard. He's too good of a—the volume is there for him over the other options. So Hyde and Howard, Dave.
3: Daniel on Twitter wants to know Dion Lewis or Duke
1: Johnson Jr. Dion Lewis.
2: George and Racine needs three. Murray, McCaffrey, Woodhead, Lewis, or Demarius Thomas.
1: All right, George, well, uh let's just, I, I think it's DeMarco Murray because obviously Latavius played. Let's stay away from him. McCaffrey, get him into the lineup, Dion Lewis, and then Demarius Thomas is the third over Woodhead. Uh, Don on Twitter, Rashard Matthews is a game time decision. So if he doesn't go, should he start Macklin, Cup, or Inman? It's a PPR league. Cup, again, uh, with uh, Robert Woods out, I think Cup will see plenty of targets today. And the Saints, as we mentioned, without their starting cornerbacks, I think that's a good play. Todd and St. Charles, Graham or Evans? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say go ahead with Jimmy Graham, though. He has been the red zone monster for the Seahawks, especially lately. So... Jimmy Graham over Mike Evans. That's going to do it for us, folks. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, hit us up on Twitter with your questions, and we will answer them there as well. Thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. Fred and Mongo have you set. Bears, Eagles coming up right here, ESPN 1000.